At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. Well, I don't even remember the last time I said that. But yes, I am Danielle Avari. I'm not Stormy Bonatoni here subbing on My Guys, a show that I used to host and I'm hoping to not completely burn down for Stormy today. Uh, now, of course, with her out, we know that she needs a break. And I'm glad that she finally got on TikTok. If you guys haven't checked it out, check out Stormy on TikTok. Her first TikTok was very funny and we'll actually touch on it in just a couple minutes. So we'll miss Stormy today, but I promise we have a great, great show planned for you guys. So Adam Burke will be with me for the first two segments to talk all things uh, NBA action for tonight and also the MLB. Of course, our VEASAN sports betting analyst. And Adam has been on a tear lately. I believe he's up 13 units on his MLB picks that you can find on VEASAN.com. So we'll have to ask him about how he's been so hot with the baseball betting. And then later on, we'll hear from Alex Barutha, NBA assistant editor for RotoWire, to talk all things NBA props for the action tonight. And finally, the WNBA tip-off is finally here. I'm so excited for it. And we had to bring in somebody to talk with me about it. Who better than Wes Reynolds, of course, host of Eason's Long Shots and literally so many other shows. So Wes is going to be here to talk about the WNBA with me as well at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. The first game for that actually tips off at 4 p.m. So we have plenty of time to get some bets in. Now, I know normally this is the time where you would get the top five stories you need to know with Stormy, but... On the Los Angeles CityCast, which is the podcast that I host for Bet Rivers that you can find on the Visa Best Bets or anywhere you get podcasts, I do a little thing called Hot or Not, which is it LA if it's not a hot or not list. So let's get into it first things first. The first thing on the hot list, the Miami Heat, and no, not just because of their, you know, mascot. They've actually been lighting Philly up since Joel Embiid's absence. Now, to be fair, Shams did tweet out this morning that he's cleared concussion protocols. He's dealing with that orbital fracture, which is nothing to be messed with, honestly, and a torn ligament in his thumb. He's doing everything possible to be able to be available for game three. He said there's optimism that he will play tonight. He's been fitted for a mask. We've seen mask Joel before, but not also with the torn ligament in his thumb. How is he going to be able to shoot? How is he going to be able to be effective? So with that said, the Heat were three and a half point favorites on the road. Now down to one and a half with the Embiid pending news since there is the optimism that he'll play. But I think a really battered up Joel Embiid is not necessarily going to be the difference maker for the 76ers game. So Miami is up 2-0 in the series. You have to think about the fact, of course, that the Sixers are desperate. And by the way, desperate is still on the not list in case anybody's wondering. So yes, there is the desperation factor for Philly and maybe they'll battle and get this one out. It's possible. But with the way that Miami's been playing, that is why they're on the hot list. And also, we love a man who can score and play defense. Bam Adebayo, averaging 23 and a half points on 15 of 21 shooting. Heater plus 41 in his minutes so far. You can find more on that from JVT. Does a great job breaking down the NBA games on vcin.com. Bam's had 20 plus points in his last three games. And his points prop on drafting right now is 17 and a half. Slight juice to the under. So if you want to go over on it, now is the time. Let's continue with the hot list. Uh, Luka Doncic, even though this might much be to the chagrin of 
Paul, uh, Chris Paul, and also Devin Booker, Luka is on the hot list because finishing with a 45-12-8 stat line in game one, that's just hot. If it has a 40 in the number, that's hot. It's on the hot list. Also, scoring 35 points on 13 of 22 shooting in game two, that's also on the hot list. What's not on the hot list is being the only hot person on your team, unfortunately. So on the not list, the Mavs, and specifically their defense, losing to the Suns 11 times in a row so far this season is just not hot. That's on the not list for sure. And the Mavs also allowed Phoenix to shoot over 64% from the field in game two. They gotta shore that up if they wanna make this series competitive. Let's continue with the hot list, the Phoenix Suns. And again, not just because of their mascot, their strategy of waiting for Luka to tire out is working like a charm. And they also are getting it done on the other side of the court. They shot 64.5% overall in game two, as I mentioned. Booker led them with 30 points, 11 of 19 shooting, including five of eight from three point range. And speaking of hot, we have to talk about the birthday boy, Chris Paul, 12-time All-Star, who turns 37 today. He had 19 points and 28 points versus the Mavs so far this series, but he's up 18 or more points, or he's had 18 or more points versus the Mavs three out of four times this season. And it was the last three, by the way. His points prop right now, 17 and a half. I actually got over 18 and a half, but on DraftKings, 17 and a half minus 135 for the over if you want to bet on the birthday boy like I did. I also took a fun one here. Chris Paul to score 30 or more points and Suns to win at plus 1150. So we're all rooting for Chris Paul to ball out on his birthday. Also, he's had double digit assists in the first five games of playoffs. If you want to look at something like a double-double, he's plus 125 to get a double-double at DraftKings. Now back to the not list here, uh, the Reds. Where do we start with the Reds? Uh, frankly, we, we really should have had Storny Bamatoni's uh, TikTok to play here because she did such a great job illustrating where the Reds are at right now. It's interesting because sometimes you'll see articles saying, wow, the Reds have been terrible to betters, but not if you've been fading the Reds. So the Reds are definitely on the not list. They won opening day versus the Braves one more time in that series. But since then, 1-18. and 18. Their on-base percentage is the worst in the league. Uh, and their ERA, team ERA, 6.12, which is a full run higher than any other team. That's not hot. It's just, it's absolutely not. But what is hot is fading the Reds. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky. The Reds are 3-22, and 22, and they start a four-game series versus the Pirates, who are 10-14. and 14. Mm, The Pirates are also on the not list because their pitching ranks second to last, just ahead of the Reds with a team ERA of 4.99. Now, they are in action, 6.40 p.m. Eastern time, Friday. JT Brubaker versus Connor Overton. Uh, I actually think Overton is going to do a pretty solid job. His whip right now, 0.94, but he's only pitched one game this season. They did only narrowly lose that one to the Rockies by one. We'll have to get Adam Burke's opinion on this. He is way, way more successful at baseball betting than me. So with that said, let's bring in Adam Burke, VEASAN sports betting analyst. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Good to see you, Danielle. Yes, I know. We just saw each other yesterday, actually. I have to ask Adam. He went golfing yesterday. How did it go? Uh, for me, not overly well. Ben Wilson played well, of course, which uh, may be one of the better golfers here at the Visa Network. But Brian Rogers also came out and played well. So uh, it was good to see everybody and good to get out there. All right. Well, I'm glad you're making some time for some fun because you are covering everything right now, it seems. And yes, you have the run line baseball show going on on Sundays as well that people should check out. But before we get into the baseball, we'll do that more next block. Let's focus on the NBA games. We have two game threes. We'll get to these really quick. Heat at the 76ers. Obviously, a lot rides on what's going on with Joel Embiid. Where are you at with this game? Well, I think you made a really excellent point, Danielle, that, you know, Embiid being back is great. And obviously you need to adjust the line if he's going to be. 
But how effective of a player will Joel Embiid be in this game? Not even just with the mask and the adjustment it takes to play with that, but as you mentioned, that torn thumb ligament that he's been dealing with. Look, I think that Embiid will help on the defensive end no matter what, and the Sixers do need help down in the paint. They've gotten victimized in the block here throughout the course of this series, but how effective will Embiid be on offense? I don't really know. So to me, I think the fact that the 76ers will try to run some measure of their offense through him, he'll have the high usage rate that he usually does. If he plays in this game tonight, I like the under in this one. And I think that, you know, look, we can't really count on him to be all that effective, I don't think. So, you know, I think that the under is probably the play in tonight's game. Can I ask you, too, I saw his his prop actually still up at DraftKings earlier. Would you bet unders on him tonight, knowing that he's going to be dealing with so many injuries? And really, they're just going to be using him as needed. Yeah, I think it's fair to wonder, you know, how many minutes Embiid's actually going to play here. I mean, his presence does help, and, and we've seen that in the line adjustment. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're, of course, going to be adjusted for the fact that he is hurt in multiple ways and that his workload could be a little bit lower. So probably stay off the player props here and, and just look for something where you can kind of exploit some of the things he's dealing with in a full game setting. Absolutely. And as far as the other game going on, the Suns and the Mavericks game three here, the Suns are up 2-0 in this series. It seems like they're favored to win here and that that's a pretty solid guess, to be honest. Uh, the total sitting at 219. Is there a play that you like on this game? Yeah, you know, look, I, I think it was interesting the way that we've kind of seen some totals adjustments in this series. And, and in fact, this one was 219 and it is showing signs of coming down a little bit. And I understand why. You, know, you mentioned, I think Phoenix shot 62% in game two. There's some natural regression to the mean coming in terms of that stat. But at the same time, the Mavericks have not proven that they can defend the Suns here in this game, or as you said, in the 11 games in a row that Phoenix has won. I'll pay to see it. You know, I'll go ahead and take the over in this game where. You know, Phoenix doesn't really have significant home road splits in terms of their performance. They were 32-9 and nine, both at home and on the road. Their offensive numbers were very similar, whether they were playing in Phoenix or out there on the NBA highway. So I'll pay to see it. If the Mavericks can play better defensively, that's fine. So be it. But I think the over is still the way to go tonight. What about the uh, birthday boy, Chris Paul? Do you factor in anything like this? I know we're going to have Wes Reynolds on later in the show, and he's always up to date on all of the personal affairs of everybody as well. Is that something you factor in where you think, or do you think that he's turning 37, so he's kind of over birthdays at this point? Yeah, he could be over birthdays a little <laughs> bit. I, I don't know what I would do in terms of his player prop tonight, but to just sort of kind of start the transition to Major League Baseball, I believe yeah. tomorrow in San Francisco is Buster Posey Day. So they're going to honor him. Ooh. Of course, he retired after last season. Those are kind of the spots that I'm more interested in rather than, you know, certainly you get a guy going back to face his old team, something like that. But I think these big celebratory things are the things that kind of stand out a little bit more than, than somebody's birthday or something like that. But with that being said, I mean, Devin Booker hasn't been overly sharp since he was injured. Chris Paul's had to pick up the slack. Uh, if you're expecting a big game from Paul tonight, I can't really blame you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I completely agree with you here. Devin Booker, not necessarily as sharp as we'd like to see. Did you see the clip uh, of them actually hearing, uh, asking a question about Luca was the reporter and they seemed a little bit miffed about it. Do you think that they want more attention on them or what do you think that was about? Yeah, I don't know. You know, you, you got to play some of these mind games when it comes to playoff time as well. And, and for Luca, you know, another guy playing at less than a hundred percent. And we've seen that he hasn't been himself with the Mavericks. Why would we expect Embiid to be himself tonight for the Sixers?
Yeah, uh, I think that they just want all the attention for themselves. So I hope that Chris Paul gets a ton of points. I'd love to see 30 or more myself. Let's keep Adam Burke around when we come back because we have to talk about the MLB slate. I didn't get a chance to look at this because I was looking at WNBA. So I'm very, very excited to see where Adam is at with this. Uh, we have more My Guys in the Desert coming up, not to mention Alex Brutha coming up a little bit later too and Wes Reynolds to cover everything NBA and WNBA as well. to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of $45,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back into VEASAN, the sports betting network. And of course, we have to welcome back in Adam Burke to my guys in the desert so we can get his baseball plays. Adam, I see here you have some White Sox action going on. That's going to start in just a little bit here, just about two hours, 4 p.m. or so. What do you like in this one? Yeah, so this is a uh, something that I did yesterday in the game between the Twins and the Orioles, where Baltimore ended up winning at a plus 130, plus 135 price. I'm hoping that the two starters can cancel each other out here in this game, because Nate Uvalde is much better than Vince Velasquez, and I fully know that going into this game. But Uvalde's also a guy, I think he's allowed five home runs so far this year. He's allowed a lot of hard contact. All eight of the runs he's given up have come via the long ball. And the White Sox are a team that they make a lot of hard contact. They've had little to no success on the hard hit balls that they've had so far. They've had some injuries as well. That's kind of dragged their lineup down. Boston doesn't have the same excuse. They haven't had the injuries. They just haven't had the performance. So my hope here is that Uvalde and Velasquez kind of cancel each other out. And if I can get to the later innings with the White Sox bullpen at plus 150, I think that's a really, really strong position to be in. They had an off day yesterday. They're clearly the better of the two bullpens. Yes, you can live bet this if you want to. That's certainly an option that's out there for you. But for me, I just went ahead and took the White Sox plus 150 with the pregame price. I like that. And I want to talk about something you brought up there that we've actually talked about on the Los Angeles CityCast before, that hard hit percentage. And we're still pretty early in the season. We're starting to get a good amount of data. How many games do you want under a pitcher's belt before you start taking those kind of stats into effect? Because I've looked at some pitchers and I'm like, oh, hard hit percentage, but... We've really seen one or two games. How many games do you think you need to see? Yeah, it's a really interesting discussion where, you know, exit velocity does kind of reach a point of significance pretty early on. Therefore, hard hit percentage would as well. The weird thing about the contact management metrics like this is the bigger the sample size, the more fluctuation you actually end up seeing. So early on, it kind of stabilizes. But then over a very, very long career-like sample size, it can move around a little bit. So there are some guys out there that are really fighting with their command. I bet the over yesterday in the Blue Jays-Guardians game because Jose Barrios' hard hit percentage was over 53%. So guys are trying to find it, and pitchers will adjust throughout the course of the season. But for right now, if you don't have a lot of command, then it's hard to just sort of find that early on in the year. So for the guys that are giving up a lot of hard hit contact, I think it's something that will continue at least for a little while. The hard part will be finding out if the hard hit contact becomes more rewarding for hitters, because obviously, as we've talked about ad nauseum here on, on VSIN and in places all over the internet, uh, the ball is just dead right now. It's not really carrying. So it's not as effective as it used to be, 
but maybe hard hit contact. We'll get back to that point. Yes, MLB working hard to make sure that we get a ton of new baseball fans, obviously, with all of these uh, decisions. Uh, that said, you brought up the Blue Jays and Guardians. You said you're on the over in that game. You were looking at the under for this game, but no Blue Jays, Guardians today. We have weather issues, and I know it's not the only game. Yeah, no, we've had five games rained out already here so far today. And, and just to get into the thought process real quick in terms of that Blue Jays and Guardians game, look, Kevin Gaussman, Shane Bieber, it's, it's hard to expect anything other than a low-scoring environment. But as I just talked about, you know, the baseball is dead. It's not carrying. Guys are I mean, batting average is the lowest it's ever been. Hard to hit. The, the balls are being hit harder, and they're not going as far. So if you've got a pitching matchup with two guys that aren't walking anybody, that's a game that definitely has a good chance at going under. So if you're looking at playing totals out there right now, look for high walk rate guys to play an over and low walk rate guys to play an under. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that a lot of these games were rained out. But do you have some reasoning, too, to share with us on that Blue Jays game, I believe, is also canceled? Yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, for the Blue Jays, I also kind of thought about taking a look at Kevin Gaussman here. And, and this should be the pitching matchup tomorrow. They should play a doubleheader in this series tomorrow with Gaussman and Bieber. So we can kind of expand on it a little bit more here where Bieber's given up a lot of hard contact that he's gotten away with. A lot of barreled balls, too. And, and barrels typically become doubles and home runs. His have been finding fielders' gloves to this point. So he's gotten very fortunate in that regard. But, you know, Bieber's a guy that the velocity's not there right now. The command is still pretty decent, but the velocity's not there. And this Blue Jays team is loaded with talent, upside, and really good hitters. And a team that has struggled with men in scoring position as well. So the Blue Jays are a team I'm actually looking for reasons to play on over the next few weeks here. And maybe we'll see what that line looks like tomorrow, but that could be one if we get that same Gaussman versus Bieber pitching matchup. Yes, the Blue Jays are a team I definitely like to look at yes run first innings on personally. And also to your point, I love when you do your homework on a pitching matchup and then it gets postponed. It feels like your homework was due and then they push it a day. And so I don't have to do any homework for tomorrow, which is great. And we don't have to do extra homework because we're copying off of Adam Burke here. Uh, let's finish <laughs> off with a game that is happening. This one at 6.40 p.m. Pacific time, Rays and Mariners. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I got very, very close to, to taking the Mariners in this game. I'm a huge Logan Gilbert fan. I'm a big believer in everything that he's doing. And also, too, he's a fly ball type of pitcher. And, and with what we've seen from the baseball, being a fly ball guy is actually beneficial right now. Josh Fleming is not a fly ball guy, and he'll follow the opener, Matt Whistler, in this one. Fleming has been victimized by some really, really bad Tampa Bay infield defense so far this year, which is actually the reason why I stayed off the game. It's been unsustainably bad. Fleming's expected batting average is actually 60 points lower than his actual batting average against. So he's a guy who's gotten very, very unlucky on batted balls to this point in the season. It actually made me stay away because I think he's a guy that should get better as we go forward. The Rays are not as bad defensively as a team like the Phillies or somebody like that. So he should get better moving forward. Maybe it starts to happen here today. But I think it's also important, even if you don't have a play on a game, to handicap it to the best of your ability because maybe you find an angle that you can use in a future game for that starting pitcher. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And that is something nice about baseball is those pitchers. We don't see them every night necessarily. So when we do finally see them again, we have those stats from the last time that we prepped that. Um, so I like all of your thoughts there. I want to make sure we get to some NBA Saturday action as well. Uh, two more game threes and two more series tied up at one each, which I think is interesting because heading into the Celtics and Bucks series, the series price favored the Celtics. Um, and it's been interesting because it seemed like they found them out or figured out how to handle the Bucks in game one. Uh, but now we have a series tied up. Who do you think takes the lead in game three on Saturday? 
Yeah, you know, I think it's a really, really tough game to handicap. And, and we've got a game like this in the NHL tonight between Tampa Bay and Toronto where game one and game two were just so dramatically different. You know, and, and I think it makes it game three really, really hard to figure out because I think one team was better than what we should than what their baseline should be in game one. And the other team was better than what their baseline should be in game two. So which team winds up playing more to expectation in this game may end up winning it. You know, I don't know. I think it's a really, really tough handicap in a lot of different ways. I will say this. Maybe the totals gotten a little bit low at 212 and a half here for this one, just because of how the mm-hmm. first two games have kind of gone because of how the Bucs have played throughout the playoffs, a lot of low-scoring games against the Bulls as well. So maybe this total has gotten a tad bit low. Uh, but if I had to do anything with this game, I'd probably look at Milwaukee going home. They took away home court advantage. That's a big, important thing to do. You don't want to give it back right away by losing game three. So slightly into Milwaukee here, but this is a game I'll dive in on a little bit more uh, tomorrow morning. Yeah, uh, it is interesting you mentioned the total because obviously the last game, 109 to 89, and before that, 101 to 89. We've seen these Bucks scores uh, just really be really, really low. So uh, I'm not surprised to see such a low total and probably even something that's um, even not too low for me. So I'm glad you pointed that out. I might actually want to get in on that. Uh, the other game going on, of course, on Saturday, Grizzlies and Warriors, also a series tied up at 1-1. Much to my disappointment because I had Warriors money line going on on Tuesday and it did not get there. How fun is this Grizzlies team to watch, though? What do you think of this one? Yeah, they're a really fun team to watch. And and look, I think this line's a little bit too big for this game with Golden State laying six and a half, seven out there. Shop around for the best number, of course. And frankly, I'm not exactly sure which way this line goes in advance of tomorrow's game. But I think the underdog Grizzlies are kind of worth a look here. I mean, obviously, Golden State, you know, kind of a jump shot oriented team. We expect them to be better at home. But I don't know necessarily if home court advantage is worth as much in the playoffs as the line adjustment ends up being. Because... These teams have already played important games. You know, they've kind of gotten into the rhythms of being in hostile environments and all of that. Plus, they're good. You know, they're not teams that are going to be overwhelmed by the moment, overwhelmed by the crowd or any of those different types of things. So I think Memphis plays really well in this game. I think they'll want to play really well, making that long trip. You know, we saw Golden State in game one kind of get off to a better start than expected. I think that, you know, when you look at Memphis here, I think they're a live dog in this game. I don't know if they win it, but I think that they will keep this one very, very close. So I'd rather be on the plus points side uh, than laying the number here with the Warriors. I'm absolutely with you. I think seven's too much to give to the Grizzlies, especially the way that they've been playing. So uh, definitely something to look forward to Saturday. Adam, I'm going to put you on the spot. You got 20 seconds. NHL pick, Blues Wild. What do we think? Yeah, I like the under in this game tonight between the Blues and the Wild. Only 23 combined high danger chances at five on five in the first two games. Billy Huso's better than he played in game two. Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously, has been through the ringer in the playoffs. Give me the under six and a half in this one. I love that. Thank you for doing that so quickly for us. Adam Burke, find him on Twitter at Skating Tripods, one of the best handles uh, at VSIN, frankly, and also on the run line on Sundays and everywhere on VSIN. We'll be back with more My Guys in the Desert and Alex Barutha, NBA assistant editor from RotoWire, to get some props. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Welcome back into the show. Zen nicotine pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child restraint lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zen is available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six milligrams if you like to party for even more nicotine enjoyment. Simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zen anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zen. Uh, visit Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to learn more and find Zen nicotine pouches near you. Zen nicotine pouches are adults uh, for adults only 21 and up who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine, in case you missed that, and it is an addictive chemical. We are back here on My Guys in the Desert, ready to get into some betting action. And we have to bring in Alex Barutha, NBA assistant editor from Rotowire, to give us some NBA props for tonight. Alex, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, excited for these game threes. Uh, they're, they're, this has been an amazing series so far. Yeah, we have two great game threes going on. We were just talking about them in the last break. And obviously, lots of speculation going on around the Joel Embiid situation with that broken orbital bone and also a torn ligament in his thumb. And yet, they're going to toss him out there and say, sorry about your broken face, it sounds like. Um, most recently, seeing a tweet that said, Joel Embiid will warm up and will see, according to Doc Rivers. He said if Embiid is active, he won't play his normal minutes uh, due to lack of conditioning during his concussion. So it does seem like optimism he's going to go and with that said the heat now a one-point favorite at most spots on the road here and the total sitting at 210 and a half what do you think about this joel news well i it remains to be seen like how well he's actually going to play i mean you talk about like he's got the the this the torn ligament in his thumb uh broken orbital bone recovering from a concussion but to me i i think just the fact that it sounds like he's going to get out there is going to be a huge rallying cry for the team like personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch like the props. I wouldn't go, you know, points, rebounds, props for Embiid. I would just stay away from that. But I do kind of like the the 76 to get a, to get a win in this situation, assuming he does play, just because their backs are against the wall. Uh they're coming back to home, which is normally a good spot to take a team anyway. But then you have this kind of I think it is a huge rallying cry that he's gonna be out there. I think it's gonna uh jolt the rest of the team up. I think the fans are gonna be extremely energetic. I think this is a good spot to to get the team. All right, so if you're not looking at Joel, are there other players in this matchup, Heat 76ers, that you would look at? I liked Bam Adebayo perhaps going over his points prop or even Tyrese Maxey, whose points prop is sitting at 20 and a half. What do you like? I'd be a little worried about Bam, uh, either points or rebounds, just because if Embiid is going to come back, um, you know, I think he'll be best defensively. I would I would be worried about Embiid's offense, for example. I don't I don't know what his like uh, visibility situation is like, um, you know, with the thumb as well. I think if anything, he'll be better on the defensive end. So I'd be a little worried about Bam, um, you know, maybe more so on the glass. And then some of the other guys too. I mean, Maxi. Um, maybe you think about the assist for Maxi because he's going to have Embiid to pass you maybe around the basket for some easy buckets. Um, I'm not sure how much I would bank on necessarily Embiid isoing and taking a lot of like those 14 to 16 foot jumpers he likes are really uh, pounding the paint too much. I think it'll be more like trying to get easy looks for him and focusing in on his defense. What, this is a little off topic real quick. What does it say about this 76ers team? And I guess I'm specifically pointing to James Harden that they're basically rolling a beat out with a broken face in a wheelchair. And that's going to be the thing that saves this game. I mean, this is what the 76ers need at this point. Should they even advance? Um. 
Well, they might not deserve to at this point. Um, I, I think Harden, I mean, Maxie's been amazing. Like we, 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 Maxie's kind of in his own bubble. That's like away from the, the struggles of the rest of the team, specifically Harden. Yeah. Harden not playing very good in this series at all. Um, was kind of struggling last round as well. He's still passing well, right. Um, struggling a little more with turnovers in the, in this round, but the heat are an amazing defense. Yeah. I mean, if, if they manage to get past this round, uh, somehow against the Heat, which I'm I'm not really expecting, but it could happen if Embiid really does come back. Um, I I would not expect them to get to the NBA Finals. I, I think either the Bucks or the Celtics would would make pretty easy work of them. Yeah, I agree with you there. And to your point about Tyrese Maxey, again, I pointed out his points prop, I believe, on DraftKings at 20 and a half right now. Versus the Heat in the playoffs so far, he's at 34 and 19. In the regular season versus them, 28, 13, and 27. So I think we could see a big game from him. Like you said, we're not seeing a lot of offense from Joel, probably. And to your point about the defense, I know that's where he's going to be more valuable. But again, he's so busted, even his hand, he can't just be as active as he normally would be there. So a lot to consider with all of the Joel news circulating. Let's get into the other game three. Suns at the Mavs. Uh, what do you like in this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have like a great read on this game, although I do like Mavericks uh, spread here, which I see a plus one uh, at home. I think coming back home, um, you know, a lot of these series go like this, right? It's not just this year in the playoffs. We've seen it other years. The team with the home court advantage goes up 2-0 pretty easily at home. Um, and then, you know, whether whether they probably end up winning the series, but the game three oftentimes uh, goes to that lower seeded team just because their backs are against the wall. The fans are going crazy. Everyone knows it's kind of do or die. This situation is a little tough just because we saw last game, the Suns were so targeted at going at Luka Doncic, especially Chris Paul. Like, I kind of wonder what the adjustment is here. I think there will be a pretty significant adjustment, at least for the Mavericks. I mean, if, if they're playing chess, it's, it's their move. Uh, they have to figure out what to do. Is it get Jalen Brunson more, more involved, which I can't, I kind of think is the move. Um, and that was a prop I was looking at Jalen Brunson's points, assists, stuff like that. His points are pretty high. I saw him at 17 and a half for his points prop, despite the fact that he's averaging 11 points in the series. So I think that the books are kind of ready for people to, uh, to hit the over on that, but I haven't seen his assists as low as two and a half, I think for a prop. So that could be something that, that I would consider on the over if they are, in fact, going to get Brunson more involved. So I have to ask you about Chris Paul as well, because I'm on a couple of Chris Paul props tonight, and mostly because it's the man's birthday. It's his 37th birthday today. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm riding that birthday wave. And I have a couple bets. I have him over his points at uh, over 18 and a half. And then I also have him to score 30 or more points and the Suns to win at plus 1150. So that's a long shot, a fun one. Uh, what do you think we're going to see from Chris Paul tonight? I love that long shot bet. Uh, I think if it's it, it's hard to imagine the Suns losing if Chris Paul scores 30 points because uh, <laughs> typically he's more he's more of a passer. So if he's hot from the field, you'd like to imagine they win. So I like that. Yeah, I think Chris Paul's going to continue uh, going at Luka Doncic uh, at least to start the game. I think they're going to make Dallas adjust off of that. So I I do like uh, Chris Paul staying aggressive. And um, I mean, his you know his assists haven't been that high in the series, but Booker's helping out. Mikael Bridges has been passing some. So uh, I, I definitely don't mind the, the over on his, his 18 and a half. I think you said it was for points. Yeah. Yeah. And there's 17 and a half available too at DraftKings. I think that's juiced to minus 135. Uh, I looked at his assist. They were just too high. I think it was set at eight and a half. It's not saying he couldn't do that. But I think if you like something like that, you could look at something like him to get a double double instead. Maybe he gets double digit points, double digit assists, something like that. And you can get that at plus 125 on DraftKings. So maybe a little bit better value. What about the Saturday games? Uh, Celtics and Bucks. This has been just 
it's been really hard to handicap for a lot of people. Where are you at with the Celtics and Bucks? So the the over under for this game, two twelve and a half. Um, pretty low, although I kind of like the under actually. I'm gonna be that guy who who continues to look at the unders for this series. This series is being played extremely slow. The pace is 95 possessions per 48 minutes. That would be pretty much the lowest in the NBA if it was a single team that played at that pace. Um, and the Bucks have had one of the worst half-court offenses in the playoffs basically since it began. And that includes when they were playing the Bulls. Uh, and they had Chris Middleton. They were still struggling in the half-court. So I kind of anticipate the Bucks still having a hard time on offense outside of those easy transition buckets they get with, with Giannis, which are kind of just uh, given at this point. Um, but it is hard to read. I mean, this, the, the Bucks game plan, just give up a ton of threes, right? The, the Celtics have shot, um, 93 threes in, in the first two games of the series. And I think they'll continue doing so if they get hot, they figure to score a ton of points. Cause that's the variance. Um, but some I think, I think in. ultimately some have to go in. Right. And, <laughs> but ultimately I think both of these teams, their bread and butter is their defense and the series is being played slowly. So I'm still looking at the under. That's what's been really fun to watch, actually, in this series, like to your point, is the defense. And I love that play, actually, under. We were talking about that last segment, and Adam Burke had mentioned that maybe it was getting a little too dicey and too low. But we've seen it go almost under 200 for the last couple games here. So I, I don't mind that at all. I like that. Uh, we're running short on time here, just about under a minute. Grizzlies at Warriors on Saturday, uh, a game three. What do you like in this one? Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily like taking the spread for Golden State. It's pretty, uh, they're laying a lot of points right now, seven. Uh, but what I do like is taking the money line, parlaying that with the over, because this series has been played at a breakneck, breakneck speed. Uh, tons of threes. They're getting up and down the court. Memphis averaging 111 points a game. Golden State at 109. So you're basically at 220 already. Um, and neither team has shot particularly well. Grizzlies 41% from the field. Warriors 28% from three. You figure at home the, the, the Warriors shoot better from three. Uh, they're a little more gassed up because they're at home. So I do kind of like the over and just taking the money line to get the parlay. I think you get like plus 150 if you do that. I'm with you. I don't want to lay the points with the Warriors necessarily, but this Grizzlies team has been so, so fun to watch. And this game has been so fast paced. It seems like the team with the better defense is going to be the one that has to prevail here. And maybe the team with a little bit more experience. Thank you so much to Alex Barutha, uh, NBA assistant editor for RotoWire. You can find him on Twitter at Alex underscore Nabrutha. Thank you so much, Alex. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll be back with my guys in the desert. And Wes Reynolds will join the show. It'll be so nice to see Wes and talk about the WNBA. That's coming up next. Four games tonight. Get excited. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the show. The Kentucky Derby is Saturday, and right now VSIN is offering you a special $9.99, less than $10 Kentucky Derby betting guide with previews of all the horses and jockeys for every race, plus best bets for the entire weekend, including the run for the roses. Pre-order your copy now for only $9.99 at VSIN.com slash Derby Guide. That's VSIN.com slash Derby Guide. And now we get to bring in a guest who I'm so excited to get to work with again, and also who knows everything about everything, including the Kentucky Derby, Wes Reynolds, host of VSIN. Long shot. Wes, how you doing? Reunited, Danielle, and it feels so good. Good to be with oh, you this afternoon. I can't remember the last time we got to talk about WNBA, so I'm so, so excited that you came on to, to discuss this. By the way, just off chance, do you have any Kentucky Derby bets that you're particularly excited about? 
Well, I've got one going for the Oaks here in a few minutes. They just called riders up at Churchill. So we're going with the Irish Billy, Kathleen O, the 10 horse at four to one. All right. Well, we'll be rooting for you as we go through this segment. But as you know, it is WNBA tip-off time. Four games going on tonight. Do you have any action? What do you like? Just one play on the opening night, Danielle, and I did go ahead and take the L.A. Sparks at four. You're seeing three and a half, four in the market. I did get open four and a half or five. And it's basically because I don't know how many bodies the Chicago Sky are going to have tonight, really, because Allie Quigley, she's being listed out with a knee injury. Uh, Kalia Copper, I believe, is still overseas. And that's kind of a running theme, I think, this season to start with the WNBA. You have several players on all these different teams that are still playing overseas playoff games in Europe because most WNBA players, at least slightly over half, I believe, also go play overseas, obviously, to make more money than they're currently getting paid in the WNBA. We'll see if the commissioner, Kathy Engelbert, will kind of get a more financially lucrative package to keep these players over here instead of being overseas, because obviously that is the biggest story to start the WNBA being that Brittany Griner is not is 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 still being detained in Russia and our government stated on Wednesday wrongfully detained. So they're trying to negotiate her safe return. But that's what it's going to be weird with some of these teams that are going to be without their their normal rotations and their normal roster depth. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And obviously the Brittany Griner situation, terrible. And we're hoping to get her home as soon as possible. They're going to have BG and her number all over everything during the WNBA games. Um, but it was interesting because as I was looking at this season, sometimes in the NBA, you look at like winners and losers, but the WNBA has 12 teams and they only play just about 30 games. And so what's so exciting is you don't want to miss a single game. And also every single team got better and took steps forward. There was a lot of coaches, sw coaching switches as well. Um, and new players. I mean, the Indiana fever, you're in. Indiana Fever got four picks in the first 10 picks. So uh, what have you thought about all of the switching and all of the addition of the new talent? Well, I'll start with the Fever. I think they're going to be fun to watch. They're still going to be bad. Over the last couple of years, they've just been bad and not fun to watch. But this is a young team, six rookies on the roster, Linda, the former coach, now the general manager. So I got to think, look, they're still on a rebuild, and really the Atlanta Dream are still on a rebuild. I think the consensus is that they're the bottom two teams in the WNBA, and you see they're both at 100 to 1 to win the WNBA championship. And I think that's right where they probably should be. You mentioned the new coaches. A couple interesting ones, I think, of course, Becky Hammond getting the main ink here in Las Vegas, taking over for Bill Lambeer. And I think you're going to see this Aces team play with a lot of a different style, because if you watch Bill's teams in the past here in Las Vegas, this was get it inside and drive to the rim. This team did not shoot a lot of threes. This team was not very good at shooting threes from the outside. I think Becky Hammond kind of wants to change the identity of that team. And then on the other side in Phoenix, and they happen to play tonight on opening night, you have Vanessa Nygaard, who comes from Bill Langbeer's staff here in Las Vegas. So does Vanessa Nygaard adjust the system to the personnel or the personnel to the system? Because Phoenix likes to play a little bit more wide open and shoot a lot of threes, mainly Diana Taurasi. They have a new coach, of course, now Sandy Brindello coaching the New York Liberty. So I'm going to be interested in that game. I did not bet that. Obviously, the Aces have gotten a lot of the money. It's up to five right now. But I just don't know the psyche of the Phoenix Mercury because of what we talked about earlier with the uh, unfortunate situation involving Brittany Griner. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. All these teams you talked about are obviously teams that we're talking about for the title outside of the fever, unfortunately. Um, do you have a team that you like to win the title? For me, I haven't bet any futures. I didn't find any value because, again, 12 teams and the top six are really the ones that we're going to be looking to be competing for a championship here. Uh, any team that stands out to you? Yeah, and full disclosure, I haven't bet it yet because I want better odds, but the team that I would pick is the Connecticut Sun, and they're at plus 350. I believe they're co-favorites right now pretty much in every market. And when I look at the Sun, this is a deep team. This was the team that had the best record in the league last year, uh, uh, had the player of the year in John Kell Jones, had the coach of the year in Kurt Miller, went 26-6 and six and disappointed and got beat 3-1 to one in, the, in the series in the semifinals. But they have John Kell Jones back. Alyssa Thomas is healthier. Dewana Bonner won't be here for a few games because she's still playing over in Europe. Courtney Williams, who they signed from the Atlanta Dream, kind of rescued from that rebuild down there in Atlanta. She's going to provide some offense, I think, from the outside, but she is going to miss the first two games due to suspension. But this team does have depth. I haven't even mentioned Brianna Jones, Jasmine Thomas. Kurt Miller, in my opinion, is one of the better coaches in the WNBA and has done about everything except win the WNBA title. So when I look at the top, Danielle, the top of that market, the sun, the aces, the sky, and the storm, Mercury. Obviously, all are capable, but I think the Sun probably has the least amount of questions, at least to start the season. I absolutely agree with you. And to your point, you listed all of their accolades from last season, but they fell short in playoffs. And part of that was their offense was just not fast enough. It was so much fun to bet on the Sun unders last year, actually, for that reason. They were able to slow it down. And that makes them unique, actually, in these championship odds to me, because they're the team that can make the other teams play at their pace. Now, if they can get their offense going a little bit better, a little bit more consistently, then I think that they are a really scary team in this league. And to your point, not a ton of value on them right now. And I think you'll get some a little bit later on. It is nice that John Quell joined them from the jump this time instead of having to come from playing overseas and join them late. Um, that said, we take a look at MVP odds. John Quell Jones is four to one. Asia Wilson is plus 250. Brianna Stewart of the Storm, five to one. Those are names that have to be mentioned, of course. Is there anybody uh, deeper on the board that you would look at? Yeah, maybe Elena Deladon at eight to one. But the question is, I think of her health because I think the Mystics and then I'll mention the Sparks in a minute. Those are the two teams that are kind of in the middle of the odds board that really are intriguing and could potentially have high ceilings, but still have a lot of questions to answer. So if Deladon is, is healthy, I think she could kind of play her way back into that top three or four in terms of the MVP discussion. And Mike Tebow, for my money, for the Mystics, is the best coach in the WNBA. He's very good, especially with young players now you got a veteran player here with Daladon it's going to be the question of her health I, I think the top three are right in any order though between Asia Wilson John Kell Jones and Stewie out in Seattle yeah, there's a lot of great choices here. Not something that I've ventured into just yet. I want to see how these teams all shake out. We have so many new coaches and new pieces. Need to see what it's actually going to look like. Tina Charles to the Mercury was something I was very excited about. She's sitting at 8-1 to one in the MVP odds. And now with no Brittany Griner, she's going to have to fill that role pretty much on her own. I actually liked Brittany Griner to have an MVP season here. But now, obviously, that's getting a little bit messed up with the situation. That said, deeper on the board, Sylvia Fowles on the links mm -hmm. is in her supposedly final season. She has said that she has other things she wants to do. She's only 36 years old. I know she also wants to have kids and do some other things, but Sylvia falls 25 to one. And also I have to mention, but Laney, 
30 to 1. Everybody talks about Sabrina Ionescu on the New York Liberty, but Benajah Laney was the, the star to watch on that team last year, and she's sitting at 30 to 1. I could see uh, she has a really cool story in the WNBA as well. So definitely, if you don't know who that is, go look her up. Uh, Wes, we're running short on time, so I want to make sure again, you have Sparks plus 4 tonight. I also have Sparks plus 4. I like Storm Lynx under 164 and a half, which is scary because Brianna Stewart plays for the Storm, uh, but she's looked like she's just kind of working her way back into her mojo. And then I also have Aces minus three and a half, uh, which again, I like what the Aces are doing and I am scared of what they've put together here and also what it's going to look like with their new head coaching setup. Uh, also, Muddy Line Parlay for me. Tell me who's going to mess this one up, Wes. I have Aces to win, Storm to win, Sparks and Mystics, and you get that at plus 520. Who's messing that up? Oh, and why is it the Sparks? I, I think you're good <laughs> on that, but I might I might say the links. But keep in mind, they're going to be shorthanded to start the season, too, because Nafisa Collier scheduled to give birth this month, so she probably won't be back for the links till late in the season. So that's a team you don't want to bet necessarily on the futures right now. But wait until you get closer to the playoffs. They're obviously proven in the postseason. Cheryl Reeve has won a couple WNBA championships. So keep an eye on the Lynx later in the season. But I think they're going to struggle early on. Yeah, the Lynx actually started the season really solid last year. And I had my eye on them. And then they fizzled out. They had lots of injury issues. The Lynx and the Mystics were kind of forgettable for me last season. And everybody's talking about the return of Elena Deladon. But she had those back issues. She hadn't played five on five for a really long time. I hope we're going to see a momentous return from her. Um, because that's the best case scenario for that team. Wes Reynolds, host of Long Shots. Thank you so much for joining us, Wes. You bet, Danielle. Anytime. All right. So as you can tell, I'm very, very keyed up about this WNBA. And before I go, I'll just say the Fever are almost getting 10 points at this point. Do I bet them? I don't know. Follow me on Twitter if you want to keep up. Uh, that said, thank you so much for letting me crash Stormy show today. My guys in the desert. Thanks so much. We'll be back on Monday.